Okay. Good evening. So to, we've done pat the past two um, So we had Migdela Lita Machbali Machshava of. You can get recorded as well. Uh, and now today I want to start in the Siva Shalom and then we're going to some laws of the Dalit crisis. So it's an interesting thing. The, there's a famous question uh, which Rabchaim Salavetrik asks What's the difference? Every day we have mitzvahs of remembering in Egypt. And then one of the biblical mitzvahs in the night of Pesach, one of the mitzvahs of is to be Mesapiritis and Shrine. So he asks, so Chaim asks, what's the difference between the daily mitzvah and the mitzvah that we have the night of the Seder? He gives three answers. Um, his son, Revolvo, adds a fourth answer. There's another answer by his grandson, Rishabh Salavichik of Boston. Uh, but the three things that Chaim says is number one, we, at the night of the Seder, you need to have Sipariyatis Mitzrayim, it means you have to have question answers. You're supposed to do it really in a group. So much so that Rabbeinu Manoach, who's one of the great Rishonim, so he points out you should specifically make sure not to be by yourself in a Pesach. And if you are by yourself, you should actually go out and say like this. Why? Is, not just Manashtana, the whole Seder should be asking, why is it Mokara going to say like this? Why, you, know, you should you know, be a little schizo. You know, go back and forth with yourself, answer some questions and answer. The, the myths of Sipor, not just to remember it for a second, but to actually tell over the story, ask question, answer. The second thing Reb Chaim says, it's like Reb Ringelil says, that the myths of Sipor Mitzrayim, you have to have matzah and marur, and really the, the Zola or the, 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 the Pesach sacrifice, it's in front of you. It's to actually connect the discussion with the mitzvahs. We were just discussing Sefer Chanach, all the mitzvahs you have by the Korban Pesach. So you need to have the Korban Pesach matzah and the mar in front of you and to connect it, right? What does the Begilah say? Anyone who doesn't, is not here for this part of the Haggadah is not Yotze. So you have to have that. Uh, I'll jump to the third reason in a second, but his son, his son, his grandson, and other things that I used to say with Halal, Halal, according to the Volvo, maybe according to the Rami, you have to actually act out the Haggadah. That's what the Temanim will do. They actually act out you know, some of us far we do them or not, you do that, Shiran? Yeah, the, the you go around the table, you can't, you can't. I never knew that's the reason, actually. It's a Rambam. It's a Rambam, and according to Revolvo, he says that maybe that's one of the reasons the difference is. No one in the middle of Shema Yisrael, they're seeing Zechus and Sram, is walking around like this. And if they do, we kick them out of Shul because they're scary, right? Um, so there's a difference. But the third thing that Rebchaim says, is how I want to start tonight. Rebchaim says, Station of Mishnah Psachim, is that you're supposed to be Maschal Begnus. We start with our servitude, servitude, and Messiah Mishra. We talk about coming free. There's a lot of uh, halachas that we have in the Seder of Maschal Begnus. Start when we're slaves, and we t- and Messiah Mishra. That's a Mishnah and Psachim. That's an essential part of Sipriyatis Mitzrayim. So, what is so essential about Maschal Begnus and Messiah Mishra? So the Nesim Shalom has a very nice piece which I'd like to do tonight about this. Because if it's one of the main components of the Sipur Yisim we should be cognizant and aware why it's so essential. Right? Is it just uh, a, a history lesson that we were slaves and we became free? Is that what the point is? Or is it something deeper? So the Nesim Shalom, the Gemara... The Gemara Psachim Kuf Tazayin asked the following question: My Gnus, what is the Gnus? What is the when the Mishnah says that we have to start the Seder 
in Gnus, in our uh, in our humiliation and our disrepair in our uh, in our negative state. What is that negative state? Rav Amar, Rav says, "Mitchilo oiv de avodah zara hayavaseno." Now, in the beginning, we're saying like, "Oh, not God that way." Mitchilo oiv de avodah zara hayavaseno. Then, in the beginning, we were a bunch of idolaters in the time of Terach and Avram. The Achshav Kiravnu Hamakla Vesar. Now we're serving Hashem. The Shmuel and Shmuel. Where, where's Shmuel? 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 Where's and Shmuel says, no, the, the Gnus is Why do we have to start the Gnus? Why is this Mishnah say that? Why does Reb Chaim say that he's a Reb Chaim, I'm telling you Chaim. Why is it that that's such an essential part of Sipur Yitzchus Mitzrayim? It's a victory part, right? Let's say there is. We're, we're free. Why is it essential that we talk about the bad old days? And what the battle days is in Machlekes, so I have a Shmuel. Start where we're Baruch Hashem, we're saved. Um, we know, by the way, that the Gnus of Avadim Hayinu is actually was part of where, when did Hashem declare it supposed to happen? At the Brisbane of the Sarim. It was already declared. So why why is this so essential? Um, this is essential, Rabbi Sai. It's good you came tonight. For those who are listening, it's good you're hearing this before Pesach, hopefully. Uh, you hear this in the spring? We'll prepare for next Pesach. You hear this after, you know. Uh, says the Nesiva Shalom. It's that you should know that the main thing of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim was not on the miracles of Allah Isim and Afoisha Asimun HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Bishidin Hamarachas. Training places, you know, role reversal. That secret mamish were miracles, we were slaves, and now we're free, amazing! We can wave the flag, we're, we're National Independence Day, we're like, amazing! Look at look where we came from, from the concentration camps to, you know, the March 11th. Push it to go from the concentration camps to go to Israel, we can wave the flag, look where look we're at today. That's not what it's about. Um. Uh, the March of Living would have to go to go to Mesvigdash to, to become Torah Jews, right? But, you know, what is it? So he says, You know what we say, the main thing that time is about? That Hashem chose us. The main thing of Yitzhak the Sipur is that we were chosen to be the, uh, the, the chosen people. And therefore it's important to start the Seder in Gnus, as the Mishnah says. That God chose us? Why are we We're the best candidates, per se. <laughs> we're like, you know, we came forth and we put our resume out to God. Look at us, pick us! When we were picked, we were on the low, we were low down. We were not on the top of the, we're not on the top. The reason is, it was because Hashem loved us. But it was because of our intrinsic qualities, perhaps. But not because of we were in such a great state at that moment. If it was because of Ruyim, it was because of... You know, you, can, you know, if you marry a girl because you like her looks, 
What the, what is that called? Shallow. Huh? It's stupid. It's very Incomplete. superficial. But what is the Mishnah called? Come Yeshiva Shmurvaisai. What's it called? An Ava kind of love it. What kind of what Ava is that? Tava? Ava? Ah, Tava Shen Shen. It's an important quality. Who are we getting here? What? It's an important thing. If you marry someone for the looks? Not just for their looks. If you marry someone, listen to what I said. Don't. If you marry then. Okay. You'll see when you're 70 years old. Ava Shen Ba. Ah! Ava, she tlui v'davar. It's it's kind right? If you lose looks, you lose that. You know, people you see attracted to your wife. By the way, not to, you'll find this out. But you know, but if you marry someone for the looks, you you can tlui v'davar. When she's an accident, she doesn't look that way. She's she's a size two, and then she gets pregnant. You know, size two, right? The, it's an ava she tlui But if you love somebody because you love them, and the looks are helpful. And this is helpful. This is helpful. Of course, you have to be attracted. You have to be love them. That's in its labor. Therefore, you know what Hashem picked us? When you know what Hashem took us out, it's essential to know that when we were taken out of Egypt, it was not when we were our, our, in, our, in our greatest beauty, spiritual, physical beauty. Hashem picked us when we were big enough. He took us out when we were big enough. Now, whether that was the Gnus of Tarach, we're, we're bowing to idols somewhere in between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers with Terach and Avram, or we was a t- or, or sitting in Egypt, low slaves, low spiritually. But Hashem took us out. It shows Hashem's love. The Mahasa Gnus, the Mahasa Gnus of Avdim Hayinu, is that Birtsoinam. You should even know that it wasn't that it, okay, it was against the rule. Uh, you know the the gezira was of, of Mitzrayim was not supposed to be that we become walk like Egyptians. It got into Avram the Brisa Basarim. Your children will walk like Egyptians. They'll have Egyptian styles and of whatever. Of course, they didn't change their dress and their language and their names, but they were they were they were Egyptian in thought. They went to Stanford for Egyptians in Cairo and Fostat, and they thought like Egyptians. So they did. They felt like Egyptians. They were the four of the Tumah. Not fully, right? Because of the names and the. But not fully, right? I mean, they, still, they, they still yeah. maintain the same consciousness. A very low grade. Four and a half of the Tumah. Yeah, yeah. It's that's so a very low grade. That's, that's, that's he said that the gzira and the brisa of Ben Hassan was to be physical slaves. Um, but they were shakum and memtes shari tumo. That means that they were completely subjugated to Egyptian culture. You just said ten minutes ago when you're in a place in an environment, the environment affects you. That's the nature of the world. And when I said, did you, for those who are, who are listening now or are listening on tape, what I said yeah. 10 minutes ago is, you should realize that the subtle things you do will affect how you think. So right. if you want to stay a Ben Torah in the, in the Israeli army or in jail, or in jail, or in jail university, or work, or in work, or in your negative environment, wherever you are, you need to be cognizant that that's the case. Like, that's the whole, that was my point. On the, you will be pulled out your environment. And that'll be, if, because you're out working in Google or in Apple, 
you allow yourself to be a juggler not and a googler at the same time, then you're making a terrible error. Okay, Th- that is the point. God never told them the Gzera was never to be to be lost in Egypt. It was to have a physical servitude. Don't think that. They ended up in the fourth level of Tuvah. Um, by the way, to my last I saw, there are some people who learn Dafyomi every day who work for Apple. And they're Jews who are intermarried in Apple. It's depending on, on you. Okay, last I saw something is in Google. Right? So it's either you you can make your or break yourself. It's a great challenge. Yeah. It's of course there's no Shiloh, there's no question that Egypt is a great challenge. But the uh, point is that we ended up thinking like Egyptians in the time in the fourth level of Tumah, reading the Egyptian times, having being influenced by by Egyptians. That was by the way my point about uh, Bibi Melchisol type people. That's also a terrible error. That's that's some. That's from Yisrael Hayom and not from Tanakh. Um, you can be happy. Bibi Melech is so a person who doesn't keep Torah mitzvahs. Bibi Melech is so so walked like the like Mamlech uh, Mashiach. That's that that's not coming from from our Torah. Uh, I'm not talking about whether you like his politics or not. I'm talking about how a Torah Jew thinks. But after we left Mitzrayim, we don't have to have anyone else's language or, or, or nationhood. We would still we say when we left Egypt, we're no longer we we had a complete thought process of a Jew. And, we would, and had we not left, it, even if we left Egypt uh, later, we would still be completely influenced by Paro or by Mitzrayim or be Egypt or Greece or Rome. But when we left. Um, but Hashem took us out. We, were ne- we, we never had to be Shubadim again. Why Hashem called us Bini Bukhori? Listen to this. Hashem said to us, You are, when did we say Bini Bukhori the first time? We were still in Egypt. We were still in the foreign land of Tumor. Why did you wait till we got out of Egypt? Well, imagine the following thing you go into university, you meet Josh Stein. Josh Stein is wearing, sitting there wearing, you know, you know, Feel the burn shirt, smoking some some pot, you know, talking about world revolution, you know, uh, as he drives his car, imagining that he wants no no planes anymore, and uh, you know, with a girlfriend named you know, uh, Christine, Christine, or more likely today, uh, Ilana, Ilan, and I'm not talking about Jewish Ilan. Huh? What was his mother's maiden name? Feinstein. Um, <laughs> Jewish. <laughs> 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 Josh a Jew. He's sitting there, eats trafe, clams, pig, whatever it is. You say, Josh. Josh does nothing Jewish. Doesn't fast Yom Kippur. His only Jewish mitzvah he does is he he's now, if not now, when he protests, he helps. You know, Israel apartheid day. He's not on our side. He's not on our side. He's on the wrong side of the fence. There are lots of Josh Steins today in Berkeley and in Stanford, no? That's people? Yeah, I tried to not 
Do you know the, yeah. did, did, are they there? I'm trying to ask people that there's a guy in my department like that. They're professors that are there that way. Joel Benin, yeah. they can go, I can go, I can go, I can go, I can there's all kinds of they don't know better I'm not talking I'm not judging them but he said Josh Josh you are the you are Josh now Josh a, a year and a half later he ends up going to or Maimonides or goes on whatever birthday trip and now he's learning in Eishat Torah or Machan Shlomo and he's now Yehoshua Stein you know Yehoshua Stein the big black yarmulke and his girlfriend's no longer Christine he's singing at Shadokim and every morning he, he's, he, he's working on his tefillah on his so you say, what would you say, Josh? You are you're a Benib Bukhari. You'd say, Josh, we're learning in the national title. You're a Benib Bukhari yourself. Yeshua! That'd be Yeshua! Maybe Yeshua had to go ask a Shiloh today from the Rosh Hashiva. That's it, Benib Bukhari. Benib Bukhari, so you're Josh Stein, sitting there living, doing not one thing Jewish in your whole life. Really? You are Josh Stein. You are a progressive. I don't care if he can call me. He's a member of the Trump party also. That makes a difference. Josh Stein does nothing Jewish. <laughs> he's Josh Stein. Right? He's, he's, uh, he's wearing a MAGA hat now. Yeah, I can kill us with it. Which kind of has right. He's doing nothing Yiddish. Nothing. You got to call him B'nai B'chari Yisrael? Why does Hashem say when the Mem... You know what Mem Tesla on the Tumma means? <laughs> That's law. Why is he saying in Egypt, when, when we're big nuss? When we're literally have Gaisha girlfriends in Stanford University. Not in Penn. In Stanford. Uh, we don't want to get too personal over here. Right. Yeah, no, jokes aside, that's when Hashem says this. Does it make sense? You say, when should the first time they at Sinai? That would make sense. Call them B'ni B'chor there. In Egypt, you say that to them. Um, when you do tshuva, when you're doing tshuva, when they're when they're when they're bnei Torah and they're religious when they're from, then call them bnei b'chari Yisrael. When Avram is when Avram is, is Avram, you know he was he was when he's 35 years old and working in Terach store. He's 35 years old working in, in an idolatry store. <laughs> you go into a monastery and you find a Jewish kid in a monastery with a big cross. This too. <laughs> You're a yid. You're you're. This is what you do. If you would have been, you know, what, you know what a parent loves a kid. You know what a parent loves a kid. You think of the kid as the valedictorian of the school, learning and steiging a masnid. That's you love this kid. You love the nachas he gives you. You see a kid, mamish in the gutter, and you're still loving this kid. Then you love the kid. That's loving a kid. Hear the difference? <laughs> I can't. By the way, I'm telling you as a rov, I've never heard a parent say, I don't love a valedictorian sweet to my kid. I've heard parents say, I can't take this kid. It's not the kid who's a valedictorian. It's not the kid who's a serious kid. Take him. They just don't, they're, they're bothered. They're, they're, they don't want to give anymore. They don't want to, they don't love the kid. What kind of kid are they talking about? It's the kid who's a troublemaker. Or the kid doesn't try. You know what love is? It's when the kid is in the monastery. Not when he's in Panovich Yeshiva or even higher liquid Yeshiva. Alright. It's not bad. It's when, it's when he's down. Hashem shows us that it wasn't Ava I love my wife. She looks beautiful. She's sweet. She's nice. Everything. They love her knife when she's sick and she has a stomach flu and she's no makeup and, you know, and she's gro- cranky and groggy and you name it. Um... So Hashem says at this point, Legalis Ahavasi Sparkus of Ava Shain Sluba Badavar, 
the inabatel of the oilam, it's never lost. It should be chomatzav shehem nimsayim harim nikram b'ni b'chorus. They're always b'ni b'chori Yisrael. Ukma de kamel kriyamir sheben oisim etzeno. They do Hashem's ratzayin. Shomakam v'neirusim. Hashem always loves us. He called us b'ni b'chori Yisrael in mitzvah. So it's important. We need to know if the point of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, the Sipor, or the story of the time of Mitzrayim is not just to have a history lesson, not just a Muna, and not just talk about the miracles, but it's to talk about this idea that we are Hashem's people. We're Hashem's chosen people. And when should we start? Not at our highest. If, you want, if a parent wants to say, you, I love you, kid. You know what a parent tells a kid, I love you? You know the biggest show of love in it for all of you husbands? And very few, some of us are very future, some of us are immediately future husbands. You want to know when, you, when, you, when a wife loves you, you love her? It's when she's down, when she doesn't feel well, when she's sick, when things aren't going well. That's when you love. You know what real love? You know what a good friend is, even on, on the lower level? What's a good friend? Not when you're successful and you're, in, in you're on top of it. When, when you're three in the morning and someone needs you, when it's difficult and you, someone's there for you. When, it, when you're not the billionaire or millionaire or popular person, that's a real friend. That's a person who loves you. You know, people who are very successful and rich and you know, rich and famous, they have lots of friends. If they take away all their wealth, all their all their all of their stuff. Grant and Sherman. Huh? You want to quote Grant and Sherman? Yeah. It's like a Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. Uh, I want to get to Civil War over here, but uh Um But it, that's the point. When you that's not real love. If I if President Donald Trump Imagine the following thing. What do you think would happen? Same guy, lose all his money, would no longer be the president, and have, be, be a pauper. How popular? How many friends would you imagine Donald Trump would have at this point? Uh, except for who would be his friend. Probably his friend also. <laughs> See, you're very loyal. Uh, Might have more than he has now. <laughs> no, he would not. I, I assure you he would not. He had no power. I'm just wondering, him as a person. He would not have nothing. Uh, he, may have, he may have less enemies, <laughs> but he would not have more friends. That's for sure. Um, but a real friend, you know, people are wealthy. Listen, I today, I, int- I, I emailed uh, a billionaire who emailed me back. Who knows me? I, I, I've never had a penny from him, but I've, I've, we've been in contact with really different topics. Um, would you think I would email this guy out of the blue if, if he wasn't a billionaire? The answer is, if I would meet him, I would, if I would meet him, and he's a Jew, I would try to help him. But I wouldn't, I'm going the extra effort because there's something about him. I don't randomly, I, I cold emailed him one day. Right? I don't cold email some, go through a phone book, oh, go through your law firm, uh, Cohen, Feinstein. If I start emailing just random Jews, you know, there's something to it, perhaps, but, but there's something creepy about it also. Right? If someone just emails you, well, this guy's used to people emailing him because everyone emails him. Why is everyone emailing this person? Because he has money. money. That's right. <laughs> and if he didn't have that money, he wouldn't be randomly emailed to everyone. I like to think he's an answer. Everybody happens to answer my emails. Um, you know, um, but the point is, is, you know what real love is? It's not when you're on top of your game. And if the point of a secret assessment trying is that, then you got to do it maschal bignos. That is essential and critical to begin maschal bignos. Clark, Clear? Yeah. Then he says the following thing. 
you know what? Let's put those some halakha. Let's see if we can get to, to, to more. Yeah. Um, we, I don't know if the answer to this is too long for this year, but are we better off now than they were in Mitzrayim? Of course. Pasha. Okay. But in Mitzrayim, you had the Bnei Levi, who were a, a small percentage learning. In, in, in no comparison. Now, now you know, Rabbi Feinstein said that. I'm not getting to Holocaust. I'm going to answer your question like this, and then we're going to move on. The the refined scene says the following thing. Rashi says the following thing. It says Loshina Shmam Malbushum Loshainam. So ask if Rashi could you change? Could a person have a name like a secular name today? Like uh, I don't know, Mark. Mark is not a Jewish name. Um, Brian. Is it is it Isser to go by that name? Could you wear a blue jacket, which is not particularly Jewish? Uh, you know, could you wear a red hat that says MAGA, which some, which some truck driver, or some Harvey Belsky or some else wear as well? Like, could you wear that? I mean, MAGA is not a Jewish hat. Is that Gaiish? Um, I thought we'd feel the burn, which is stupid. I'm talking about Gaiish, like MAGA, right? Uh, so you're allowed to wear that. Uh, could you could you speak English? I don't think English is a Jewish language. Maybe you should only speak. Maybe you should move to Williamsburg. Speak not Yiddish, right? Like Shmulke over here. Like Shmul, Shmulke, Shmulsh. Schultz is not even Yiddish. Not Yiddish. Oh, guys, I got your sprach. Who says you can do it? Ramesh has this question. The Maralats, but the Maralats is the same thing. The Maral essentially is the same thing. This is the same thing. There's a critical difference between Egypt and today. And that's something called Sinai. The minute Torah came to this world, that is the biggest game changer in the world. Do you know why that today... Of course, you should, it's the more Jewish things you do, uh, the better off you are. And the more you dress like a Jew and talk like a Jew and have Jewish names, the better off you are. Um, of course, the better off you are. But the essence of the Yid is Torah today. And the more a Jew has Torah, you will never have Mitzrayim again. And I, and I mentioned before, those Jews in Google or in Apple or in Stanford or in Penn or wherever they are in the, or in the Israeli army, or wherever they are in this world, who are successful, it's because they connect to Torah. Torah is what keeps a Jew a Jew. Those who don't have Torah, Rahman al-Islam, get lost. And there are Aris and Mordechais and plenty of Israeli with Jewish names who are married to who knows what. And even people who, who are quasi-Orthodox and, and lost because they don't have Torah. Torah is what empowers a Jew. So as long as a Jew has Torah, we're in Torah. And today, we have Torah. So any Jew who connects to Torah is way above the world at large. Okay, leave it that. Says the, the Machaber. This is tough iron base. So this is a little bit of the dollar crisis because, of course, the dollar crisis is the four lashons of of of. Tzarech lishes arba kaisa Allah seder. This is important, for the, especially by the way, for the ladies. Um, you can't. You, one of the mitzvah the Rabban and the night of the is to have four cups of wine. It, every woman is obligated. Actually, I'm just going to jump ahead of this and I'm going to come back. Gamanoshes chayavus arba kaisas uvechol mitzvah sanagas ba'isalala. Women are obligated in every mitzvah that a man is. If you're a father of teenage girls or girls of chinuch, if you're a husband, it's just essential that your wives know this. That women are a hundred percent obligated. In the mitzvahs, why is this? Says the Chavetz Chaim, the Afshim mitzvahs is among grandma. Even with the time-bound mitzvah, even Sfardi women are guided in this. So Shiran's Ashkenazi wife became a Sfardi. Doesn't have to sit a sukkah. She doesn't have to sit a lulav. If she does sit a sukkah, 
she can't make a bracha like an Ashkenazi woman could do it. So Ashkenazi women also have to sit in a sukkah, but they can make a bracha. Did your wife shake a little bit last week? No. No, because she's farty. But if she's farty, every mitzvah, every mitzvah the she has to do. Ashkenazim, Sfaradim, there's no chilek over there. I'm, uh, you know, I have no problem with Sfaradim have their own Messiah, big to stuff. But what I do have a problem, Ashkenazim, Sfaradim, is to think that you can be make all one thing. It's Mechaber, I'm reading over here. And the Chalitzchayim says, even though it's Mitzvah and Groma, they're Chayab, why are they all obligated all the Mitzvahs? Because they got them free. They got them free. Shaf, Hen, Ayub, Oisa, Not the Gazeros. It's not Hanukkah. We're not Hanukkah. Shaf, Hen, Ayub, Oisa, Hanes. What? Who's Mekid? I said. Nobody. No, you said someone can be maker like your own plan. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, you don't think I heard this from ladies? I'm a lady. Is uh, it specific for Ashkenazis or just women in general? Oh, women. Or Sephardi? Sephardi? No, but I've seen my Sephardi Ashkenazi. Oh. When, when do I really see it? They don't have the sheer, they don't have the proper amount, the requisite amount. They have only have a little matzah. They're obligated in to have proper amount of matzah. They don't have, they don't have the dollar crisis correctly. They're obligated to they stay for part of the Seder, they go to sleep, they're obligated to have sleep at the time. They have to say halal. They can't go to sleep, it's, it's past any bedtime. You want to go to sleep early? Finish the Haggadah first. The women are obligated. So why am I saying this? Because, I think this for a little bit more, simply because of some real reason. Ashkenazi women are used to doing these mitzvahs. By Sfarim, in most things, they're not obligated. So they have this, I've heard this, I'm telling you, I've heard it from Moroccan ladies. Oh, of course you have to do this. You have to do this. Women are obligated in the mitzvahs, you know, as, as as much as you and I. No difference. Um, uh, they're obligated all this, uh, all this, all these mitzvahs. Sipari yitzis mitzrayim. Eating the matzah and all of the shiurim. Now it doesn't mean you have to take brisker, the most machmer shiurim, but they have to have the requisite amounts. Okay, and I and I jump to this. I, I, unfortunately, I, I I know it goes on because I deal with all kinds of people, and many women do not do that. Many women do not eat the right amount of matzah because of, uh, God understands I can't I can't, I can't get weight, the cholesterol, blah blah. blah. I'm not, I'm not talking about if someone's a diabetic they should speak to me there are certain luniancies you know if obviously if someone's celiac they have to have gluten-free matzah which is usually oats and they'll have to have a yeah. small shear but they eat it at a mitzah unless it's mamash pukwok nafesh it's sakana I'm not talking about that you know, there are people I'll be a woman so women have to drink the dalakosis um, they want to take a sip they like you know like, like, you know, like Friday night they can have a sip they need to have the requisite amount and they need to do it at the right time uh, so the Chavah says, "Sarf lishas arba kosdalas seder." You got to do it with the Haggadah. You can't just sh- take four shots. One, two, three, four. The shots and zeh achazeh shulok kaseder. If you drink uh, one after uh, uh, another shulok kaseder, lo yatsa. You do not fulfill the mitzvah of drinking the dalit kaisis uh, correctly. Uh, the culture can. If you pour them all into one coast, you have a, a big gulp. Like your mama should take a, a 32 ouncer. You're going to say, okay, I'm drinking each, I'm going to have at least 20 ounces straight. A grape juice and a wine, suddenly your man will collapse. But, you know, uh, you drink 20 ounces, I'm going to have one big gulp. 20 ounces straight, and I'm going to have first cup, second cup, third cup. No, it doesn't work. You load out, so you don't, you don't fulfill. Your obligation, okay. Uh, by the way, 
even if you stop, the Amaragada Logatsu, because you actually need four cups, is very important. You can't have one big cup. You have some of these Kosha Shalviyahu, these massive cups. They put that on the Seder plate, they could be, they could drink one big cup. Now you gotta have four cups of wine. If that is the mitzvah. What is a Shir Kais? So the Machabra says as follows Shir Kais is a Revius. After you've 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 diluted it, and you should drink all of that cup or the majority. Says the Chavetz Chaim Revius. The Shiur is later on. So the Shiur of a Revius is a Machlekes. It's somewhere between two point nine and let's say five point three uh, approximately ounces. Uh, two point nine is the lenient. That's actually some Sephardic lean that way. And some Ashkenazim are two point nine three. Ounces and some of the more machmer shears are five ounce plus. It's the more chazanish uh, type shear. Rabbi Feinstein, who's the Pesachachon of Ashkenazim in America, said 3.3 ounces, unless it's a biblical mitzvah, and then you should go for 4.4 preferably. The four courses are Minatera or Midabar, biblical or rabbinic? Rabbinic. So you can use 3.3, except for. Kiddush Shabbos. So the person making Kiddush, not everyone at the table, whoever is making Kiddush should have a cup of 4.4 ounces. What's 3.3? It's very small. Most Kiddush cups are 7 or 8 ounces. Are those like little ones that come the off? Smaller one, the smaller ones are 5 ounces. Depends on the size. Like those ones but the big go- a goblet cup is for sure 7 8. Wow. Like the Kiddush cups in, that we use in Kiddush? Those are one ounce. Those are one ounce. So three of those, three and a little bit. Of yeah, I actually, for oh, this is my safer. Right? I have 3.5 ounce cups. Those are those other ones the rabbi uses for the whole, with the yeah, one ball? No, 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 no. no, 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 no you buy the referee for Pesach. 3.5 ounces. I bought the Eichos. Cups 3.5. I have it. They're, they're metal cups. They're on my table. Oh. I have them for everyone today there. I don't use plastic. First, I don't use plastic cups. It's a Koisho Mitzvah. So I want to use real, a real Kais. And then 3.5. Why 3.5? It's because according to Amesha, according to Elkhaim, according to Elkhaim, according to Moshe, you relate to the Yidei Chavaso for sure, and then you don't have to be a Chazanishnik over here. And it's also, as the Mechaber says, you should drink Kulo, Kulo Chadchilo, and Ruiz Vidyavid. Really, you should drink the full cup. It's better to have a smaller cup where you drink the full cup than a bigger cup where you drink less than a full cup. You need to at least, according to the first opinion of the Chaber, drink majority of the cup. So if you have a massive cup, you're not yaitzi dollar kosher. According to the first opinion of the Chaber, you need to drink roiv kos. So it, even if it's three point three ounces, if you have a twelve ounce cup, that means you've got to be drinking at least six point one ounces for bidi evan, and ideally a twelve ounce or every time you drink it. Okay, so have a smaller kos. There's no reason to have a big Kais, there's no reason. I, you know, when I, when I, uh, the people think they're having a goblet, those those crystal wine things, that's not good. The, I don't know if there's crystal wine goblets to hold. 12 ounces, 8 ounces, maybe the thin ones, the ones that fall down every, every two minutes. I, when I first got married, I, I, for my guests, these like thin goblets, like like every two minutes they spill on the table. They barely stood up. You know what I'm talking about? They're like, they're like, they're like, they're like, they're like, they're like, they're like no, I'm not saying plastic. Oh, I'm talking glass. Like glass, these thin seen. goblets. Even those, are, they have a lot of ounces. They spilled all over the table every two minutes. I was like, oh. you know, right? But the correct thing is to have a smaller cup where you finish the cup. That is the best thing. The best thing is to use a kais. That's why I always say that you should do a gala on your cups, your kiddush cups. 
make sure if you're doing drinking the Shabbos, the Kiddush Cup is going to do Hagalah. If you use them on Shabbos, to rinse it only with cold water after Shabbos, because then you can do Hagalah. If you wash it with hot water and your Hametz stick a sponge, you can't do Hagalah with it. I did, according to my opinions. Okay? Um, the me- then Mechaber says, V'imish Harbor Revius, Adam, uh, you can in theory have everyone drinking from a cup, but no one's doing that. Um, uh, and, and and there are those who say that that if, if it's a huge cup, you have to drink always uh, row for the cup. So it means you have a 32 ounce cup, you kosher oliyah in the middle, you gotta drink the majority of that cup to fulfill your obligation. The the the, the mother in quotes the, the, the brackets here, you should drink the coast for the dollar crisis. Um, been time. You should not have a serious break. So here also ladies mess up. And men. Okay. What does it mean? What's you want to be owed to your dollar kosas? How much time do you have to drink the cup? Okay. How much time do you have to have to have? Now, the, by the way, if it's rove kos, means if you have a three point three ounce cup, you can drink one point seven ounces and be be yotzi but the other. You don't have to drink 3.3 ounces, right? You have to drink rove of 3.3. That, so if you're talking about a minimum shear, now say if you're Sephardi, you can, you can drink 1.5, and then if you have a small cup. And be, I'd say, according to some opinions, not all, that's, there's only what you show me list smoke for that. Um, it is preferable, according to many price skim, to have drink wine and not grape juice. I would say, certainly, the minig of B'nai Torah is to drink wine, unless you're going to get knocked out. Like certain people, I've heard of a certain gentleman in the show who's a good guy, uh, who told me if he drinks even an ounce of wine, he'll conk out at the theater. So if you're like that, then don't be <coughs> mocked by wine, be, drink grape juice, and and go for the marathon of the theater, because you're Yotze, according to many, most opinions, with grape juice. Okay? Uh, but if you're not like that, you should drink wine. And if you're somewhat like that, there are those who say you should add a little bit of wine to your grape juice, so it has a tom has a taste of yain. But they, so if you want to do the best mitzvah correctly, this is how you should do it. You should have a cup. If you're getting kiddush this for your Friday night, 3.3 ounces, and you drink the full cup of wine, red wine, we'll see in a minute, every single time. Okay? Um, if you're... Um, the, so you should have a hefzikadol. What's a hefzikadol? This is where people really mess up. The uh, You know, I, I was once when I once had a, a, a suda with my when I was a bachar, my whole like a large extended family, dozens, cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents, and I see some of these ladies like like a little sip, like like at a, like at a wine competition or like they're tasting wine. You know, and they, they put it down for five minutes and come kind of, a little more. It's too strong to this. You can't tell how you do dollar over here. You should not wait You should at least drink it within two to three minutes. Right? Okay. It's not four to seven and a half. Four to seven, no. That's for you. No, I know. I saw, I saw there is a range of opinion. Opinions for Choylem. Yeah. Sick. Yeah, I'm not helping young men. Three is the most machmir opinion, not four. Two. 
two? Two. Yeah, two. Right. I said four to seven. The mainstream normative four. is three. Some three? Three. Some say four. And if you're sick, nobody says if you're not sick. More than four minutes. If you're sick. Now, now so the sick doesn't mean you're 90. It means whatever, you're sick of different things. Seven and a half, some say up, up to nine minutes. Okay? Depending on your age. It's, you know, if you're 90 years old and you're elderly, so you you, you, you eating matzah and wine, it's hard to do. Is so there also no logomov when you're drinking it? When it like, when What's other thing? Actually, let me just finish with this thing. So, I feel like if you take more than a let's pass. Um, you're not Yotze uh, whatsoever. He says on the side here, by the way, the Shirzman is clear surprise. Here are the main cheetahs. Um, the Sefer Shi'un Shal Torah, two minutes. That's the opinion of the Chassam Sefer. And at least you should not go more than four minutes, which is the opinion of Rabbi Chaim Noah. Rabbi says three minutes. The Orla Tzion. Or let's see on, you know what that is? Mm-hmm. Who is it? No? Uh, uh, Chacham Ben Sinab Asal says four minutes. Yeah, that's the common opinion. Oh, for oh, Svarim. For Svarim. Yeah. For Svarim. Yeah. If you're not so Seven healthy, it's six, he says. Six? Or let's see on Chelek Beis Perkidal Tshuva Yedzayim. If you want to look it up. Um, but the point is, if you go over that for Matzah or for your Dalek Isis, uh, you won't be worried. You have to drink it again. So what happens if you sit, take a few sips, you don't get your 1.5 ounces, at least that, you're, you'd have to drink the whole cup again. So if you waited, let's say, uh, according to Moshe, five minutes, you got to drink it again. Right, if you if when you started to drink it, you went to the bathroom, you took a few minutes, you got to drink it the cup again. You're not Yotze if you if you sit there and... Especially the fourth cup. I remember when my... One of my grandmas like, oh, I can't do this. You're like, yeah, she called it theatrics. Yeah, but she had to drink it in 1.5 ounces in, in, the, in the three, four minutes. L'chatchila yishaz ar shalalishos roiv, and he says, L'chatchila, I'm a bit better. It should be k'deshtiyas revias. You know what k'deshtiyas revias is? Some say it's two gulps. And some say up to 30 seconds. Wow. Okay? That's if you want to spitz. You know what Schwitz is? Schmelka. Schmuel? On the Spitz. It's just like... Mm. Like that. Like this, right? The, the best way. I just got my like... <laughs> two, no, two gulps. Two gulps. It's not about like 3.3 ounces. Like, Raka can't imagine this because he's a good wine. But that's how you should do it. Um, by the way, if it's the end cups, you have a problem. What happens if you don't drink enough at times end cups? Cups? The last two cups, you're not allowed, oh. to add on, you're not allowed, not allowed to add on to cups. So you have a big problem, so you have to be very careful there because you can't even fix it afterwards. Wow. Uh, very briefly, I'm, I'm sorry I can get to Messiah, there's just so much to do and so little time. Mitzvah, the proper thing, actually, Misha and Ashosi Yayin, if you can't drink wine because it damages you or it's hard, just still try to push yourself for dollar crisis, or at least have grape juice, obviously. Mitzvah, the proper thing is to have red wine. Machaber says, according to Ramaf, we have white wine, which is better. You can have white wine, but the proper is to have red wine. The Chavetz says, Luchatchilo, it's better to have non mavushal wine. Proper or better, according to the Ramah? According to Ramah, if you have two wine, one is very good white and one is regular red. Which so, would you take? So, according to Ramah, if you have better white wine, you should have a better white wine. It's more cheres. 
you have a four gates bottle of white wine or a manashatz. I'm not endorsing four gates of manashatz, but a good bottle of four gates white wine or manashatz 2019 red wine sold from New York's upstate New York. So you take the white, the white four gates because it's a better hush of a wine. Everything be equal. Uh, I I, I, I I just said the remote. I don't know. Okay. I, I never heard of the no. I'm passing for swarm right now. Uh, he says it says anything? If the white is much better yeah. than um, the The Chavetz Chaim says the Chavetz Chaim should get a wine that's not Mavushal. Unless the Mavushal is better. There are those who say it can never be. Uh, it's, if it's not better, obviously you should always get non Mavushal. Now, getting non Mavushal wine is only if you ask me, if you have everyone who's Shomer Tarmitz to the table. If you have not everyone who's Shomer Tarmitz, it's better to get Mavoshal wine. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you have a Gentile, you, you have to get Mavoshal wine, if you have Mavoshal wine. But if it's someone who's Machel Shabbos, breaks the Shabbos, uh, it's a question in Halacha, that therefore, to get out of any question in Halacha, have Mavoshal wine. Now, my personal wine is not Mavoshal. So, when I have all my family, I don't have to worry about Every year, this year, this will be a real Manishtan, I haven't had to say like this, because of B'Sha'a Tova, good things, I will not have that kind of Seder. But when I have a large Seder every year, I have all kinds of Jews at my Seder. I've had intermarried, Michal Shabbos, all kinds of Jews. So what do I do? I have my non-mavishal wine by me, and I make sure my seating is and only Shemar Tarmit to survive me. Or I have my wife guard it so no one gets near it. So if you're willing to do that, that's only if nobody notices and it's all it's painlessly, seamlessly, no problem. Otherwise, if you want to sleep well and eat well, be chaval to get into halachic shilas at your seder by having namavosha wine if there are all kinds of halachic I'm not getting into details of who and what right now. Okay. Um... A filo ane, even if you're poor, you have to make sure that Christ also women are. Tinoko shegilachanach, any kid, which is even nine, eight, nine years old, they have to have their own Christmas. Like they have all other mitzvahs. Okay, so the kids have to have it. Now, their mothers are going to want to them to have grape juice, not going to have wine, but the kids should have their own kais in front of them. By the way, very important, if you are hosting a Seder, all of these mitzvahs are on your head. You're obligated to make sure everyone has a kos. That's good lalacha. Everyone has a kos. If you're having a seder, you gotta do it right. It's an achrayis. It's a responsibility. Everyone has a requisite amount of matzah. Everyone has a requisite amount of of, uh, of grape juice. Um, and he says, therefore, if you have kids, you have to make sure um, not to have what's called a kluge glass. Uh which it was a like a, a bottle type thing which the kids were not able uh, to, to to drink from. Um, the truth is we're gonna have to hold here. There's a lot more even about Gnus to, uh, to to the He had two more pieces on it. But I'm gonna say one thing. We're about ten days. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, as I said, that one of the secrets this time, he took us. He has the greatest love for all of us. The, the, the reason Sibir Mitzrayim, the reason Gash Barfo took us at our low point, and we'll have Dalai Krasis, first to our low point, second to our higher points, is because Pesach 
is an illustration of Hashem loves you. It's not only is it a night of where Amuna, which I have not got to focus on this yet in the previous series, a lot of or it's a night of connection, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago. But it's Hashem's love. If you if you were getting married, you're gonna prepare ahead of time for your wedding. I have all the deal chasanim all the time. There's, a, there's an investment in it. In the next few days, our free time. If you're listening to a shir online, listen to a Pesach shir. If you're going to be learning, a, reading a book, extra credit, not talking about your daily learning, which, which you should keep up, but anything extra should be focused on Pesach. On Hilchas Pesach, Ashkafas Pesach. I would, I, would, I would think it's a Chorban for a Jew to first open up a Haggadah at the night of the Seder. So I think the God says, we should be preparing, if, certainly if you're leaving a Seder, this is our love affair to Kaddish Baruch Hu. It's, you know, the fact that Kaddish Baruch Hu loves us is a reminder we should be stepping up to the plate. And if we do that, the night of the Seder is a tremendous opportunity to not only grow on many, many mantrigas, but to love Hashem and to feel Hashem's love. Okay, we'll hold her. Yeah.